Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer joining you from T-Mobile Arena. The Edmonton Oilers have an optional practice as we speak on the ice. It's currently 2.05 at Edmonton. And we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and go to our Oilers Snail Headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager, Director of Pro Scouting, Brad Holland. Hello, Brad. How are you doing? Not too bad, Bob. How about yourself? Uh, Not bad. Wish we got a different result uh, last night. Uh, you've grown up in the game, you've worked for the league, you've worked for the Leafs, uh, you've worked for the Oilers, you watch the Oilers go three rounds, you watch all those Red Wings teams back in the, uh, uh, you know, really from the mid-90s until the late 2000s seemingly be in it every year. Is there one lesson about remaining even-keeled that is perhaps most important in these situations? I think, I think that's exactly it. Um, and, our, and our coaching staff and our players, I think, have really grown up in the last couple of years and have you know really embodied that resiliency. I mean, if you look, I think we've lost the first game of each of our last five, six, seven rounds. Yep. And, yeah, and we've won four of them already. I mean, it's not an ideal way to start, but I think there's some feeling out process at the beginning of every new series that – you know, L.A. is a very different team than Vegas, and they're going to come at you differently, and maybe, you know, they surprise us with the amount of speed they attacked with, the amount of skill they attacked with, and their building's a tough building to play in. So, absolutely, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. You can be disappointed. I remember um, Ryan Getzloff said a few years ago while they were on a, a deep cup run, you know, we give ourselves 10 minutes to enjoy a win and 10 minutes to grieve a loss, and after that it's about the next game. So that's, that's kind of what I'm expecting out of our group. Well, and I, you know, and I hope that's the case. Tell me this, uh, because I saw, uh, I mentioned to you, uh, you know, uh, Dave Basigio was here from Seattle. Uh, Craig Bonner is an Edmonton guy. Uh, here is the head pro of uh, the Dallas Stars. Uh, that's They're going to play, whoever comes out of that series is going to play the Oilers. How much of pro scouting at this time of the year is about, you know, watching for tendencies in terms of from a coaching perspective? And I realize a lot of that's done from a video as well. And how much of it is is also just in terms of looking at potential UFAs and that sort of thing? Like, you know, do you have, do you have your pro scouts everywhere right now how do, what's the kind of breakdown on that brad 
yeah, it's, it's an interesting time of year. The trade deadline is really the first bottleneck that we have, you know, decision-making capabilities. We can alter our team. We can change the way we look, or at least that's, that's where most of the moves get made. You, you kind of run your team or you run your, your staff early on. You're gathering as much information. You're casting a wide net, um, you know, the, the largest part of the funnel. You're trying to get as many names into that funnel as possible. And over the course of the year, as you get close to the trade deadline, you filter them down to where do they fit our team, do they fit our cap, you know, is this the best use of our resources. And then once the trade deadline is over, um, there's a time where you can kind of go in a couple different directions. And, and with our staff, it's, it's, we've been lucky. Um, we've been kind of situated in a, in a way that geographically, but we've been able to tackle both pre-scouting, which is an issue with our coaching staff, um, and every team does it. I mean, I sit in the boxes now, and next to me are usually playoff team pro scouts. They're either doing something on behalf of um, their coaching staff or their manager to gather information about what that team is like, you know, in, in the instance that they play them. And then you are, you're continuing to build your lists, build your, your information on the deadline. We're going to have our pro meetings here soon, um, next month or so, depending on our schedule. And that's when you really drill down and you, and you finalize, you know, who do you want, who are you targeting, what's your backup plan, what's your backup backup plan. And then in the midst of all that, you're also, you have an eye to your, your AHL team. I mean, who's going to be graduating? Who, who might be coming in to, to fill a spot? You know, who's on the bubble? How can you make the most of, you know, the talent you have down there? Do you, do you fill it with some veterans that can help our, our kids develop? So we've got a couple different things going, and we've been, we've been you know, in a good position where we've, we've kind of split our efforts and we've attacked these things, you know, all together. Now, there is another pipeline for players, that, and, and it's not always the sexiest of guys out there internationally, but you do have the World Hockey Championships coming up as well, and I know there's a lot of teams that send uh, at least the head pro there as well. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll be going for our group. Um, I'm meeting, uh, we have a, a Finnish scout, Manny Verminen. He is uh, on the ground in Helsinki. He'll be taking me around. He'll go to every game there. I'm going to spend some time in Riga. Our head amateur, Tyler Wright, he is going to do the same. He'll probably do it the opposite schedule as me. Um, you try and see those teams, you know, at least two or three times over there. For the most part, you know, I was at the Cariella Cup back in November. Um, you follow these guys over the course of the, you know, the, the, the national break, the national tournament breaks over in Europe. Um, if the, you know, the, the rosters start to come out, you know, around now in the next couple of weeks. So you kind of get an idea who you're looking at and, and why. And, and that's kind of usually you're, uh, the, the European um, recruiting market is a, is a year ahead. The work that's being done now is you're identifying over the course of the next year who you might want to be targeting you know, next summer. Some players will come out, will want to cross, but we, we've already been talking to them. As you've seen, a, a couple players have already signed um, with us and around the league. Um, that work has been, you know, ongoing for one, two, even three years. So this, this tournament for me is a really good opportunity to see some of the players that I have not been able to see in person um, because, you know, every team is different. Uh, we're different. We're our, in, our, in our arc to try and win a Stanley Cup, we're looking at a specific type of player that will fill the needs of the Edmonton Oilers. So everybody's kind of looking at different players, but this is the opportunity for you to identify guys that you think might be able to help you in the European market with, you know, the way the CBA is run, they can be cheaper players. Those are the guys that we're definitely looking at. We're joined by Brad Holland. He is the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, director of pro. Uh, how much more challenging is it to get a good read on European players as opposed, I mean, when you're scouting NHL guys, you can literally, with video, 
Could you not have every shift they've played over the last couple of seasons in your disposal within a span of about 15 minutes? Yes, absolutely. And it's funny, I, I, I spent a lot of time speaking with um, professionals, you know, scouts, management types, even coaches from other sports. Most people, if you reach out, they will, you know, they'll be free with information because you're not competing with them. And I remember talking to a baseball scout last summer, and he said, you know, the way things have changed in baseball, it's amazing. You know, I could go to a game looking at a middle reliever, and I hope he might come in, and I hope he might throw his off-speed stuff. But then all of a sudden, you get a, a guy on first, and he has to throw fastball. So I've spent all this time and money, and you know I haven't seen anything I needed to see. He goes, well, nowadays, I could watch 2,500 sliders in a half an hour. I could do it over lunch. He said, I just push a button here and there. And that's we're not there yet. Um, we're getting there. But when I go and scout players, like I spent some time on the road last week identifying a couple of free agents that we wanted some more information on. I mean, I was able to watch the last 10 or 12 games they played, and it doesn't even take an afternoon anymore. You can, you can drill down on micro stats, shift level data, game level, um, and, and you kind of are able to tailor your scouting based on what you see in the video. So, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing because there is a lot of information now. There's a lot of different sources of it. You really have to parse through what you know, the signal is compared to the noise. But we've, we've done a lot of work as a pro scouting staff to, to try and come up with a repeatable, consistent process by which we're looking at these guys in a very, very consistent way. We do our video. We do our statistics. We drill down. We talk to people. We get an idea. And then you go in. And then you go and see if there's something in the building that surprises you. And, and if there is, that's a good thing, because now you've, you've added to what you know about the player. But, but yeah, for sure, the, 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 the large part of our, our work um, can be done um, you know, with technology, with our partners, with a lot of these, these sources that didn't exist five years ago. And it's, it's a great time to scout, but you know, at the same time, the best, time, or the best way to scout is being in the building, watching these guys play, especially right. with the, the emotion in the building now in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, uh, you talked about the trade deadline. Could you guys, I mean, you, you, you traded a first, you traded a second, you traded two firsts, really, to get Ekholm plus uh, Barry, but you got a guy for the next three years at Ekholm who looks like he's going to be a big part of the D. How important is, was it for the Edmonton Oilers if they're going to move a couple first-round picks, because we'll include Schaefer as a first-round pick, to get a player back that has significant term left? Well, I think that, that that's one of the boxes that, that we looked at, one of the most important boxes, especially this time of year. You know, you've seen in recent history, very recent history, um, teams that have spent, you know, a lot of assets at the deadline um, on players with, with expiring contracts. You know, they, may not, they might not go as far as they want or as they expected, and then the player's gone and, and, the, and the assets are gone. I mean, not every, not every trade is, you know, Neuendijk for Aginla, where everybody's happy. You know, one team wins the cup and the next team gets their captain for a decade. So that is always a thought. You know, are we spending our assets in the most efficient way possible? Are we addressing the needs of our team? Um, and, and that's an, another part of what we're doing. I mean, we're watching our team now in the most difficult hockey they're going to play all year. And we're able to evaluate, you know, what kind of team succeeds at this time of year? What kind of players should we be bringing in that can bolster what we already have? Um, and and then that's 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 the challenge. I mean, it's it is it is a Rubik's cube. It's a logic puzzle, and all these things have to fit. Um, and term is, is definitely a huge part of that. It gives you cost certainty, and allows you to, to kind of plan out how you're going to look, how your team's going to look two and three years out down the road. 
So uh, you look at Florida last year. They traded two number ones to get Giroux and Sherratt, and then they traded a number one to get Kachuk, which has certainly worked out. You look at Boston, and they've moved a couple number ones here, and you know they did get Orlov, who was really good. Uh, they got Bertuzzi as well, who my guess is they are going to sign. But you talk about certainty. There is no certainty. And those teams move players on expiring deals, and I guess that's where I'm going here, is you move the two number ones, but you got a guy back that you know you can pencil in on the left side of your defense for the next three seasons. Absolutely. And and, and the type of person he is, too. And that's something that, you know, you can you can do all the, the back checking. You, you, you can. You can talk to, you know, you know, players that have played with him, coaches who have coached him, you know, maybe people within your organization that bumped into him in international um, tournaments um, back when they were younger. It, it's always tough bringing in a person into your room to understand how they're going to fit, especially at the beginning of the year. But with with that call, I mean, everything just worked out so perfectly yeah. that you know you'd like to say you planned it that way. But but sometimes you, you know you do have to get lucky. I think with him, just with, with the type of player he was, the risk was low. But but him coming in and being a mentor, being um, a voice of reason, a calming influence on our group. It just it just made it even better, and to know that we have him now for for three more years or this year too, it, it, it's a huge it's a huge benefit to our club. Tell me the truth: when you first came to the Edmonton Oilers organization, did you know Stuart Skinner would be capable of what he accomplished this season? <laughs> no, I did not. But I can say that I remember the first time I watched him. The very first time I watched him was my very first day at camp three four years ago. And he made a save, a rebound popped out, and he made another kick save, a leg, uh, right um, toe save. And I, I was shocked. I, I thought, oh, how can this guy use this big move that quick? And I remember leaning over to somebody next to me. I think it was Bill Scott. It might have been Keith Gretzky. I thought, wow, the kid can move fast. And then he said, no, no, no. He said, he's got a chance. That was my first, that was my first look at him. And I remember thinking, wow, there's something there. And then every every hurdle that we put in front of him or that, or that he faced, um, taking a job and running with the American League, going through you know COVID and then a, a playoff run um, internal to our division, which which we won, and then you know stepping in as a as, a, as a, an NHL rookie and then playing his rookie season to where he's a, a Calder finalist. I don't think you ever expect that. You hope with every player that, that, that that's going to happen. With Stu Skinner, though, I, I just think that so much of it has to do with who he is as a person. I mean, you travel with him, Bob. You know what he's yeah. like. I don't think I've met too many people as calm as he is. So I'm not surprised to see this this level of success. And I'm happy to see it, but probably not. I never would have expected it. I like. I got to let you get off to the rink. Uh, thanks for joining us <laughs> and uh, shedding some insight. And enjoy the game tonight. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. There you go. That is Brad Holland. He is the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers and director of uh, pro scouting. And you can always text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line 780-496-0063. Let's see. What time is it right now? I'm going to have an injury update for you. It is 219 in Edmonton when we return on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. 12 to 3 throughout the course of the Oilers playoff run is Oilers now. Uh, the Oilers face Vegas game two, the second round series at T-Mobile. That game's going to go at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Vegas obviously up one nothing uh, in the series. Do want to mention the tickets for games three and four are sold out. However, fan-to-fan resale tickets are always available at EdmontonOilers.com. A limited number of tickets may be released closer to game day, so fans are encouraged to sign up for last-minute ticket alerts at EdmontonOilers.com. Uh, with Grammy Award-winning icon Shania T- uh, Twain and her Queen of Me tour taking over Rogers Place this Friday and Saturday, there is no Rogers Road game watch party in Rogers Place for game number two. There will, however, be three outdoor watch parties in downtown Edmonton for Saturday's game two. The Four Tailgate Party in Fan Park and the Scotiabank Playoff Plaza in Ice District are now 18-plus events. They will open at 3 p.m. The watch parties in Ice District are licensed for adult beverages. They'll feature food trucks, DJ entertainment, and the game with sound on giant outdoor screens. Scotiabank Playoff Plaza and Ford Tailgate Party are expected to reach capacity prior to the puck drop, so fans are encouraged to arrive early to secure a spot. The city of Edmonton will be hosting a family-friendly viewing party at Sir Winston Churchill Square presented by Rogers Sportsnet for Game 2. Admission is free, and everybody's welcome. The watch party will open at 4 p.m., and it'll feature... um, Food trucks, games, entertainment, and the game was sound on a large outdoor screen in the Churchill Square. Churchill Square event is not licensed for liquor sales, and alcohol consumption is not permitted. The current 50-50 draw presented by PlayAlberta.ca is now live. It runs until after Game 4 of Round 2 in support of Hockey for All Kids in Oil Country Initiative. Um making hockey more accessible to kids in Alberta. Tickets can be purchased at edmontonoilers.com slash 5050. The main jackpot is already approaching a million dollars in the Oilers playoff. Bonus raffle continues to grow. It's now over $2 million. We'll also mention to you, there are more ways to win in the Oilers playoffs 50-50 this postseason. Early bird prizing, big jackpots, Oilers collectible cups, $25 value add offers for Boston Pizza and PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, one final message for you. Limited edition 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, Lululemon and uh, Defy Gear are now available at the Oilers official team store in Ice District Plaza and online at IceDistrictAuthentics.com. All right. 225 in Edmonton. And we are going to go to the injury report. And it is presented by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. We told you we'd have an update for you. James H. Brown, it's this simple. They got the most experience to get you the best results. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. So, Tony Brar has tweeted out as uh, Jay Woodcroft has officially spoken. 
Derek Ryan back on the ice for the Oilers' optional practice this afternoon. And Jay Woodcroft says he'll provide a further update on Matthias Janmark tomorrow. He's not skating today for the Edmonton Oilers. So there you have it. That's a bit of an update uh, on practice. And uh, the fact that the Oilers had an optional today. There's currently probably six players still left on the ice uh, seven players as uh, as we speak right now the orders do have uh, what was once uh, back in the days the the, the springfield uh, uh, team that Eddie Shore used to run they used to have a term called black aces and some of the black aces include Marcus Niemelainen Cam Deneen um, as well as Brad Malone of course, Devin Shore has not played yet in the playoffs, nor has Dylan Holloway. I'd say guys potentially being called up. I could see Holloway or Shore being the most likely players to draw in if Edmonton ultimately elects to go 12-6 and for game number two of this series, Saturday, 5 p.m. Edmonton time. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. It's 127 in Edmonton.